If you're visiting with us, if this is the first Sunday night you've been with us in the year 2011 on the first Sunday night once a month, we've looked at different words and how they're used in the New Testament, different word studies. In January, we looked at the word salvation, saw how it was used in the New Testament. In February, the word cross was the word of the month. In March, baptism. In April, we looked at the word meditate. In May, we looked at the word grace. In June, we focused on the word sin. In July, before the gospel meeting, we looked at the word light and how it was used in the New Testament. In August, we looked at the word fellowship. In September, we looked at the word mercy. In October, we looked at the word and. I'd always want to do a sermon on the word and. And we looked and saw how and was used in the New Testament. And this will be the last of the word studies for 2011. Here in November, we're going to look at the word church and see how the word church is used in the New Testament. We learned this morning in the sermon that when we're trying to find strength in trouble, we need effective shelter as we're preparing for trouble. And we saw that we needed to be in Jesus Christ. And when you're in Jesus Christ, you are in His church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, in response to Peter's confession, Jesus is the Son of God, was Peter's confession, that Jesus was the Christ, that on this truth, that on this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church. Now what does this mean? What did Jesus mean when he said, I will build my church? The original word, the Greek word, the language the Bible was originally written in, is ekklesia. This is a compound word. A compound word is a word formed out of two words, such as bedtime. A lot of you young people know that later on it will be bedtime. And that's a compound word, a word formed out of two words. The word baseball is another word. We just had the, the World Series of Baseball, and that's another compound word. Well, the word for church in the Greek is made from the Greek word for out of. The word ek, or out of, and the word klesis, klesis, a calling, to call, is what this word means. In Acts chapter 7, verse 38, this same word describes the children of Israel who wandered in the desert. The congregation in the wilderness is what the New King, New King James Version translates from Ecclesia, our word for church. In Acts chapter 19, verse 32, this same word is described, is used to describe the confused mob. When Paul preached to those in Ephesus, the New King James Version translates the word this time assembly. It's the same word that Jesus used for the word church. I will build my church, Jesus said. Congregation, 
assembly, church. This is how the New Testament original word is used. So what did Jesus mean, I will build my church? He certainly didn't mean the Israel of old in the desert, as is used in Acts chapter 7, verse 38. He certainly didn't mean a riotous mob in Ephesus, as the word is used in Acts chapter 19, verse 32. The word church is used in the New Testament about 110 times. And it does not refer to a building, ever. Depending upon the surrounding context is how we understand the meaning of the word and it's how we'll understand what Jesus meant when he said, I will build my church. The word church in the New Testament is used in two basic ways and it's described for us in various helpful analogies. Church, assembly, congregation, the called out. So in one sense, we understand the word church to mean all those who have been called out of the world by the gospel. About 18 times the word church is used to refer in a general sense to all the saved. All those who have been called by the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 14. All those who are a part of the one body. Colossians 3 and verse 15. This is the sense that Jesus uses to describe his church in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. It is described as the church which is his body by Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23. The second sense the word is used is of a single congregation or the local church. A congregation within a certain area. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Paul uses the word to describe not the whole universal church, but the church in Ephesus. When he spoke to the Ephesian elders, they were the overseers, they were the bishops, they were the shepherds of the flock at Ephesus, not the universal church. Everywhere We see this singular sense used in the openings of many of Paul's letters to, to the Corinthians, to the Galatians, to the Thessalonians. About 92 times in the New Testament does the word refer to the local church. So we have two senses to the word church. That of the universal church, the church worldwide. This is what Jesus said that he would build upon the rock of truth. The universal church includes the other sense of the word, the local assembly or congregation, and context decides the difference. The church is described by different analogies in the New Testament. An analogy is a way that some things are alike that otherwise are, are unalike. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 9, You are God's building. Christ is the builder of the church. He is the only foundation 
on which the church can be built upon. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. He is the Christ, the Son of God, and He built His church of which there is only one. There is only one Christ and He built His church. The church is also called the body of Christ. We have mentioned Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23. The church is the body of Christ and He is the the head of the body. Turn with me for more confirmation to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. And it says, and He is the head of the body, the church. Christ is the only head described in the New Testament. It has no human head. The church has no human head. Jesus Christ is the only head. And unless the body is comatose or paralyzed, it obeys the head, Jesus Christ. As the husband is the head of the wife... Christ is the head of the church. It's the body of Christ, the church of Christ. I am a part of the church of Christ. I'm not a church of Christ. Let me repeat that. I am not a church of Christ. I preach in the body of Christ, the church of Christ. The assembly of Christ. I just want to be a Christian. Part of the church of the New Testament. Carol, Brother Carol Seitz writes this. The church of Christ of the Bible was not a denomination. Not all denominational, nor interdenominational, not a part of a whole of anything. The church in the Bible was the church. Later he writes, the Bible applied correctly will lead us to non-denominational Christianity and the non-denominational church and that is our plea to all people of all time of all the world. Amen. The words Church of Christ are descriptive. The only name involved is Christ's. We are the church of Christ, the building of Christ, the body of Christ, and we are the bride of Christ. Christ is the bridegroom and the church is his bride. Again, back to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having any spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Christ is the bridegroom. Christ is married to the church. He loves the church. He cherishes, cherishes the church, the bride, the body, the building. Like my wife wears my last name, we wear the name of Jesus Christ. We also, who are Christians, are Christians only. Above the confusion of the world. In the world, but not of the world. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 9. We are unique. Christians, we're unique. Unique means having no equal. The church, the assembly, the congregation, the building, the body, the bride of Christ is unique. Has no equal because God purposed it from the beginning of time, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the church. The church of Christ is unique because Jesus is the builder. Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the bridegroom of the bride. The church of Christ is unique because she is governed by divine authority. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The church of Christ is unique because it's been given this divine mandate by Jesus Christ. We have a job to do. The church of Christ is unique because it's the pillar and the ground of truth. The church of the, church of the living God, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. The church of Christ is unique because how you become a part of the church, the, the assembly, the, the congregation, the building, the body, the bride, is directed by the Holy Spirit from God's Word. The Lord Jesus in John 14 told the disciples that He was going away, but the Holy Spirit, verse 26, will teach you all things. And you know, some of Jesus' last words before He left earth were, were He who believes and is baptized will be saved, Mark 16, 16. And when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles in Acts chapter 2, the people were told to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of their sins, Acts 2, 38. This is where the church, the assembly, the congregation, the body, the bride of Christ began. The church of Christ began here. And the Lord added to the church the body the bride, the building daily to those who were being saved. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Those in the church are the saved. The Lord added all who were saved to the church. The church is the kingdom of Christ. Jesus said the kingdom would come with power. Mark chapter 9 verse 1. And that one must be born again to see the kingdom. John chapter 3 verse 3. Jesus said he would build his church and he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. And Peter opened the doors we've read in Acts chapter 2. The church is the Lord's flock. Another analogy. We are the sheep of the shepherd. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And have known by my own. He knows his sheep because Jesus is also the door to the sheep pen. Another analogy. He said in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. We are not saved outside the fold. You can't be saved outside the body. The bride the building, the flock. 
The church is the family of God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15. The church is a purchase as well. We are the Lord's redeemed people. Purchased with His blood. Ephesians 5.25 The church is a holy place. With Christ as the high priest. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. We are a unique church. Assembly. Congregation. Building. Body. Flock. Family. Purchase. Holy place of Christ. The church of Christ. The church of Jesus is made up of Christians. I've always wondered about you know, real Christians. You know, when you go into a congregation, you always want to make sure that you hook up with the real Christians because there's a lot of people that go who who really aren't Christians. They're they're church people a lot of times. They go sometimes, haphazardly at best. After one has obeyed the gospel, how can you tell whether or not you're talking to a real Christian? How do you know? Turn with me, if you will, to the book of 1 John. This is the best way I've found to recognize a real Christian. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. If you practice righteousness, you're born of Him, it says. You don't practice doing wrong. Do you, do, you, do you hear me, church? Do you hear me? You don't practice doing wrong. You sing when we sing. You pray when we pray. You worship when we worship. You act right in front of the world's eyes. Church is a holy place, and you practice righteousness. And if you practice righteousness, you're born of Him. You don't practice doing wrong. You're part of the body. You're part of the family. You practice doing right. First John three verse nine. You can recognize a child of God, a Christian, because they don't habitually sin. They don't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting some kind of of, of different result. That's called insanity. Christians don't live that way. A true follower of Christ doesn't habitually sin. First John chapter four verse seven. A Christian, a true Christian, loves the other Christians. He who does not love does not know God. We sing that song. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God is love. We sing it. It's beautiful when we sing it. Are you singing a lie? You can recognize a real Christian because they are committed. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves Him who... Every lo- everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten by him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. The love of God is keeping his commandments. You can tell a real Christian because they'll do what God says. 
They'll give when we give. They'll take of the Lord's Supper when we take of the Lord's Supper. But not only that, they'll encourage each other. They'll be there when you're down and they'll be there when you're up. We must keep God's commandments. The love of God is keeping His commands. When the world threatens to take control, our faith overcomes the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. In the pew potatoes class on Thursday nights, it's a, it's, a, it's a class if you're visiting with us or if you don't really understand, you've seen it in the bulletin, you really don't understand. It, the pew potatoes class, we're, what we're trying to do is, 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 well, we're trying to do a lot of things. We're trying to, number one, one of the things we're trying to do is formulate, with the help of the elders, a vision for Fountainhead. We've been trying to formulate a vision for the church that meets here at 290 Fountainhead Road and we've come to the conclusion that our vision that unifies us for the future must be the Lord's vision. Any vision apart from that, we're just walking blind. His vision for the church, His church, as we've already mentioned from Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20, is to go into all the world, sow the seed. Sow the seed, the Word of God, the Gospel. To sow the field and then to work the field. Teaching and baptizing. Teaching others to overflow with love. John 13 verse 35, the world will know that we are His disciples if we love each other. The Lord's desire for His church is to see the vision through to the end, to love each other and be a bride that that He can take home. The vision includes growing, growing spiritually, spiritually, growing numerically, growing in knowledge, growing in a godly way. So, work, grow. I believe it's a vision we can get behind. Jesus is the builder of the church, the head of the body, the bridegroom of the bride, the king of the kingdom, the shepherd of the flock. The church is the spiritual body, the body, the bride, the kingdom, the flock, the washed, the sanctified, the justified, are Christians. A Christian is a member of the body, a sheep, a special person, part of the family, an heir of God, Galatians 3, verse 29. The way into the church, the building, the body, the bride of Christ is given us by the Holy Spirit in the pages of the New Testament. When Jesus built His church, nothing was required to belong to His church other than what God required. That's all you needed. And that's all you need today. When we believe John 3.16 and confess His name, Romans 10.10, and repent and are baptized, Acts 2.38, God adds us to His church and your sins are washed away, Acts 22.16. If you would like to be a part of the building, the body, the bride, the family,
the flock, the redeemed, the church of Christ. Why don't you come now, just as you are, as together we stand in sing.